Hey everybody, welcome back to the In Theory I Was Right podcast. It's a podcast where you're going to be really happy if you agree with the things I say. I, of course, am still Harris Kaufman, and I am rolling solo today. Uh, Sean, from last episode, uh, is back home. And uh, today I'll be talking about my most recent theatrical endeavor, and that would be Alien Covenant. Now, before I get into that, a little housekeeping. Um, As I test the waters of what works on this podcast and what doesn't, I'll be making tweaks here and there. I really develop my voice and my direction and and how I want to go with this. Now, uh, you'll notice last episode, I started off with some some intro music. It was really sketchily recorded because I'm not very good at this. And you'll notice that I didn't have that this time. Well, I'm not sure if I like it. I'm not sure if I want to keep it. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Um, So, you know, there'll be some some things I, I... I throw in some things they take out, you know, really just trying to get a feel of what works best, what sounds good, what's most interesting, uh, stuff like that. Now, um, you know, for example, after some constructive criticism, uh, which after listening to the playback of the last podcast I had, I tended to agree with, uh, I believe I spent a little too much time explaining the movie, you know, going over all the plot points and not really, not really discussing it. It was just kind of you know, might as well have been reading you the uh, Wikipedia page. Um, Now, you either saw the movie and know what happened, and you didn't need it, or you didn't see it and you didn't care what happened. Uh, So I'm going to try to discuss the movies a little bit more and kind of explain the plot a little less. Um, Now, additionally, today, I'll be adding in the segment uh, that's kind of completely devoted to comic book characters. Now, um, I'd like to kind of do a thing where, like, each podcast, I'll pick a character at random and basically introduce it. Um... You know, introduce their background, their powers, their personality, etc. Um, so, before I get into um, my review of Alien Covenant, I'd like to talk about that. Um, now, today, um, I, you know, I just kind of just opened this Marvel book I have, and um, at random, and I found Beta Ray Bill. Now, this is a character I don't know too much about, but from what I do know, it's actually a pretty cool character. Now, Beta Ray Bill kind of looks like this evil horse face version of Thor. Now he looks pretty menacing and pretty evil, but he's not. He's uh, he's actually a hero, he, and he's a hero that is so worthy and so good that uh, Thor's dad Odin made him his own version of Mjolnir, of his own hammer kind of thing, and it's called I think it's called Stormbreaker. Um, so it's Beta Ray Bill, and so he's. This weird alien, he's seven feet tall, 480 pounds. Um, I'm not sure why I have physical stats on him, but I do have physical stats on him. So Beta Ray Bill is a uh, guardian warrior of an extraterrestrial race whose galaxy was destroyed by uh, an ancient demon, this ancient demon named Surtur. I believe he's like this fire demon, and I think we may even see him in the upcoming Thor Ragnarok. Um, I, I doubt we'll see Beta Ray Bill. He's so bizarre looking that I don't think that he could convincingly be kind of translated into a big screen without, you know, kind of being laughed at. Um, so he was created when scientists transferred his life force into this bioengineered carnivorous beast, uh, which increased his strength, speed, and agility. Now, while traveling in suspended animation in his warship. Uh, Beta Ray Bill entered the Milky Way galaxy where Thor was sent to investigate. They battled and Thor was separated from his enchanted hammer Mjolnir, which changed Thor back into Donald Blake's cane. Now, in the comic book, uh, Donald Blake is Thor's kind of human alter ego and he's this very un-Thor-esque like person. He's really weak and all that. He, carry, he, he has a walking cane and all that. 
So moving on. Uh, when Beta Ray Bill, um, when he struck the cane on a wall, he suddenly possessed uh, Thor's powers and a variation of of, uh, the, of Thor's costume. And, and if you see photos of him, it's actually pretty similar to the traditional Thor costume. Now, after uh, their fight in which Beta Ray Bill you know, spared Thor's life because he was beating the piss out of him, Odin uh, made a new enchanted hammer called Stormbreaker. Now, Bill left Earth to visit his people's new planet, uh, but while he was there, Galactus, um, the traditional villain from... I think we've seen him in, in some Fantastic Four durations. Uh, he had eaten the planet that his, that his race was on. Now, so Beta Ray Bill went back to Earth, uh, and he helped the new Omega Flight Battle Demons, Battle Demon uh, Surter. Uh, he was replaced by a Skrull uh, before the Secret Invasion. Now, this is getting into um, different storylines. Um and yeah, so basically that's it. You know, he's basically a horse face version of Thor. Um, you know, Thor has been in, in some of the, I, I think in some of the, I'm not sure if it's in the comic books or in the cartoons. Um, they've even teamed up together. But um, he's a cool character. You should check him out. And uh, yeah, that's all. That, that's my character for, for, uh, for this podcast is Beta Ray Bill. Now you might be hearing some sipping. That's because it's Friday. It's after work. It is about almost 7 o'clock, and I am enjoying myself a drink. And, uh, well, I hope you're enjoying one, too, unless you're driving, in which case, just enjoy that coffee. Anyway, uh, so I saw Alien Covenant. Um, it's, the, it's the most recent uh, installment in the Alien uh, franchise, the uh, Ridley Scott Alien franchise. So this, getting down to the plot, this movie picks up where Prometheus left off. And you can't really talk about this movie without first talking about that movie, about Prometheus. Now, I really liked Prometheus. And for those of you who don't know, Prometheus was a prequel to the Ridley Scott Alien franchise. Uh, that movie had uh, Numi Rapace. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. She's, um, she was in the... Uh, oh, God, what was that movie? The uh, Robert Downey Jr. movie. The, um, and the uh, Sherlock movie, the second one. Um, Charlize Ther- Theron is in it, Guy Pierce is in it, Idris Elba is in it, Benedict Wong is in it, Michael Fassbender, one of my favorite actors at, at, the, at, at the moment, he's in it, um, I really like him, he's just, he's such a well-rounded actor, he, I mean, he really just goes for it, whatever he does, you know, he can play a hero, he can play a villain, he kind of actually, he actually does play both in this new one, uh, I think he's just got really good range, um, now, actually, that that the first one actually has a fair amount of people from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, a guy Pierce, um, who played Aldrich Killian, the bad guy in Iron Man Three. Idris Elba, who of course is Heimdall from Thor, and um, Benedict Wong from Doctor Strange, who plays well, he plays Wong, I guess. Um, so, all right, so Prometheus. It's a story about a scientist who first. Or scientists, rather, groups of scientists who they find ancient markings all across the the world, all across all across the globe. Uh, they they lead them. It's like they find the same markings in like all these caves that really have nothing to do with each other, um, as far like geographically. But they find the same markings, so they, they mean something, and so that leads them to what they believe is the alien life that created humans. And then, of course, uh, being a sci-fi horror thriller deal, a quick quickly runs afoul uh, when they discover... So they find this new planet and they discover this alien spacecraft on the planet 
that seem to have been abandoned, and it's, you know, it's just loaded to the tits with, like, biological weapons. Everybody dies pretty much except Numi Rapace, who plays uh, Dr. Ian Shaw, I believe her name is, and Michael Fassbender, who uh, plays an android named David. Um, now, they escape after kind of commandeering the alien spacecraft and flying it to... Their idea is that they want to fly it to uh, the alien homeworld uh, because essentially what they came across was they, they found an alien that they believed to be like the creator of humans, you know, one of the, at least the race, part of the race that created humans, and he just attacked them immediately. So it just kind of raised a lot of questions. So they, they, took, the, they took the alien spacecraft and, and flew it in an attempt to get back to their home, to the alien's homeworld, uh, to get more answers. And that's where Prometheus ends and what we expect the next installment to pick up, uh, which it basically does. And so and there's actually a, a post-credit scene from Prometheus. Now we see an alien monster um, with that, you know, kind of oblong head that loosely resembles the xenomorph aliens that we've all come to expect from the Alien franchise. Um, it was similar enough to make the leap, but it was different enough to, like, not actually be sure. Um, so that's where that movie leaves off. And now um, Alien Covenant... It starts off with a, uh, it's some years later, I believe it's 10 years later, where this, um, there's a colony vessel and it's bound for a new planet to settle on. Now, <clears throat> they run into some mechanical issues. There's a, there's some solar flare or something like that in space and it kind of, um, it, in, it, it injures their ship. And um, so during the repairs, um, while they're repairing their ship, they intercept this human transmission from a nearby planet and they decide to investigate and find out they and now in the course of their investigations, they found out that the alien homeworld that that's the alien homeworld, the planet that they were that that the signal came from was the alien homeworld that Doctor Shaw and David had set out to find at the end of Prometheus. And to nobody's surprise, everything goes wrong. People start dying. You know, at the end of um, you know they start dying, and you know, like there's this weird aliens you know, that, that also closely resemble the xenomorphs. Um, you know, they're attacking, they're, you know, they've been found on this planet and they're attacking the people that are investigating. And so this hooded figure, you know, during the, during one of these attack scenes comes out of nowhere and saves them. And it turns out that that hooded figure is David, the Android. Uh, and it turns out that, um, David has this pretty serious God complex and he's been experimenting with creating alien monsters and, and, you know, having killed every single alien, uh, alien creator on the planet and Dr. Shaw along with them. So he's killed everybody that was on the planet that they found, including uh, Dr. Shaw that he arrived with. And um, so one of the experiments that uh, I guess he was conducting, uh, you see like those uh, pods from like the traditional old school pots from the alien movies. Um, they contain like the face hugger aliens, you know, they kind of open up at the top and they jump out and they wrap around your face and they put the, I don't know, egg in people. And then that's how like the aliens burst out of their stomachs, you know, the classic scenes. Um, so those, as most people know, eventually give birth to the xenomorphs. Um, and the xenomorphs are the ones with the giant, they're all black. They got those giant long heads and they got that tiny little secondary mouth that comes out. Um, and so the last remaining crew members that haven't died um, they attempt to escape as Walter, um, 
Walter is this this Cruise android, and he is a like new and improved and decidedly less psychotic version of David. Now, as the as the that Cruise is escaping or attempting to escape, Walter ends up getting into this fight with David. You know because he he had all of these upgrades. So he looks exactly like David. He's played by Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender plays two characters. And so he's an android, but, you know, they they noticed all the problems with David. So they made a new one and they kind of made him less, they had made him less of a personality. And so, um, you know, when the remaining crew, when they get back to their main ship, uh, you know, their main ship had been hovering over overhead, uh, they're put back into hypersleep. And, uh, you know, because they're about to, they're about to go on their original quest they're to find that other planet. Uh, and we come to find out that David, uh, while pretending to be Walter, has made his way onto the ship. And at the end, we see him produce, you know, some of those fake hum, hum, uh, face hugger embryos, and he puts them in an incubator. And then the movie ends. So, yeah, that's basically the, 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 the gist of, of um, Alien Covenant. And I didn't... I covered pretty much all the important stuff. There's really not much, not much that's missed. Now, I did, you know, I, I did like this movie. Not really, actually. I didn't really like this movie. Um, why? Um, you know, I, I just, I don't think it lived up to the potential that the end of Prometheus set up. I really, I, I did enjoy Prometheus. I thought it was visually very, very, very cool to look at. Um, I thought it was well acted. I thought it was suspenseful. I thought it was scary. Um, and, you know, I, I was really looking forward to wh- where they were going to take it. And I just don't think that Alien Covenant really lived up to it. Now, um, what I wanted to see I wanted to see, you know, they, they take off. They, the movie ends where they, they're, they're going in this, in this alien craft and they're going to find answers. They're going to find the creator aliens. I wanted to see them interact. I wanted to see, I, I wanted the answers, you know? Like, I wanted the answers that the scientists wanted. Why were they created? Why did they hate them? But, you know, I was looking forward to seeing how they were going to address that in the new one. Now, what we do get, as far as that's concerned... Uh, we get like a 30 to 45 second shot of David arriving on the planet and killing all of them. And that's it. Now, you know, so all the questions that were raised in Prometheus, like why did they create the humans and why do they subsequently want to destroy the humans are actually never answered. And so we in, in also we don't know anything about the creators. Um, we don't know who they are. We don't know. We know that they're advanced, but that's it. We don't know who they are. We don't know. You know, I mean, if there were, if there, you know, there, there, there are all these religious undertones in Prometheus. And so you kind of project that into this one, you know, and like, are they, you know, they created the sentient life or, you know, are they, you know, is there, is that a religious experience for them? Is that a religious exercise for them kind of thing? And you get nothing, you know, they're advanced and that's it. Um, as far as the acting goes, it just, it, it left something to be desired. Um, I think Danny McBride needs to stick to comedies. Um, you know, it sounded like he might, it, you know, like watching him, he sounded like he was reading from the script. It, it didn't sound like he was acting. It sounded like somebody was holding cue cards and he was just kind of monotonously delivering the lines. Uh, it was really just flat and hollow. There's a scene where his wife dies and over the course of the movie, 
like there's a scene where his wife dies and his reaction to the news is like this high school level level drama class bad you know it's just you know he's like pretending to cry and you know it's like i don't know 10 seconds of him pretending to cry and then it's back to one liners you know like he i don't know all and it, also his character's name is Tennessee and they don't like abbreviate it they just call him Tennessee and I guess it's because he's from Tennessee. They don't actually say that. Um, And I don't know. It just bothered me. It just sounded so not, I can't even say it was cliche because I've never really heard of a character being called Tennessee, but it was just kind of lame. And I was actually really excited to see him in a serious role because I like Danny McBride. Uh, I like that he's getting work. uh, And I was looking forward forward to him. Um, in like to see what he could do in a movie that was so different than anything that I'd seen him in, you know, like he he always take these kind of absurd comedic roles, which he's great in. But you know, I wanted to see what he could do. I wanted to see him stretches, kind of stretches wings, if you will, and, and see if he could actually pull it off. And uh, he didn't. And I think his whole performance was kind of just a big letdown. Um, now, as far as vi- like visually, uh, it was fine. Um, you know, there was nothing groundbreaking to it. Uh, nothing to write home about. I don't think it was any better or worse than Prometheus, but and and, and I guess it's it's my fault that I expect, yeah, I, like you know, like subconsciously I just wanted something better, you know. When I mean, it was fine. It was you know, it didn't look it didn't look cheesy, you know. I guess I, that's really all I can ask for. Um, you know, it's my understanding that they had a good amount. They used a good amount of practical effects. Um, now I, I think that they actually had someone at least for for a bit in a xenomorph suit, uh, and then it was you know there was there was CGI dubbed over it I believe, um, but uh, you know I, I think it's cool you know I, like when you have too much CGI it just like it kind of takes you out of it at least it does for me normally um, if it's unconvincing you know unless you get something like when you get young. Tony Stark in Civil War, uh, it looked great. But then you get kind of scrawny Steve Rogers in the first um, Captain America, and it just looks off. Like his head just looks weird. But I'm saying it can be done right, and uh, I think they did it right in this one. I think that that might be a that might be something to say. Uh, now there was one takeaway, one good takeaway, and unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly, that's Michael Fassbender. Um, so like I said, he he plays essentially two roles, which is Walter, who is the good guy, and David, who is the bad guy. And and I, I mean I can tell you he plays a he plays a really good bad guy. He really like he he's convincing. If he's anything else, if he's if he's nothing else, he's convincing. Now he delivers you know, he's an android, so he delivers all of his lines kind of deadpan and for whatever reason, at least to me, that makes it like far more terrifying. You know, there is something about doing evil acts completely devoid of emotion, you know, in, in a way that doing evil acts in such a normal way that just makes it far more eerie. It's just far more eerie than, you know, like blatant, overt evil behavior. Um, now, there's a scene where he quotes uh, Osmandius, Osmandius by Percy Shelley, and he says, uh, My name is, on, is Osmandius, king of kings. Look on my work, ye mighty in despair. And he says this as he's dropping the weapons on the creator aliens, which even though I had a problem with, um, you know, I had a problem with it being the only shot we see of really the creators, it's actually a pretty pretty badass scene. He delivers it. It's a pretty badass line from from the poem. And he delivers it 
Um, he delivers it just right, and he does it at such a, I don't know, like at such a, a, a destructive moment that it really accentuated what you were seeing, and I thought that was actually pretty cool. It, it had this like really distinct Frankenstein's monster, like this, this Frankenstein's monster sense of the character. Like his whole deal was him destroying his creator, and and I don't even mean just Guy Pierce because Guy Pierce, you know, created him, actually did create him. Um, I just mean like a humans in general, like he sees humans as his creator in general. And like, he sees the flaws in them. He sees their deficiencies and he, he wastes no time really dispatching any of them. Um, and now he also played this character named Walter. And so Walter, uh, as I said, is a, is a new version of, of this, of the Android that David is. And he was a, um, he looked exactly the same. Uh, but they had they modified his personality to be like way more obedient and a lot less psychotic. Um, so we see Walter and David interact, uh, and basically it's Michael Fassbender interacting with himself. And I always kind of found that a little bizarre uh, when actors they have to act against themselves, like um, like Army Hammer uh, when he played both Winklevoss twins in The Social Network. Um, I just have to assume that it's such a, a difficult. Exercise. I mean, at best, you're acting off some production assistant reading lines, and at worst, you're acting against nothing. Um, but nevertheless, there's a fight scene, and like these two androids fight each other, and it's pretty terrific. Um, you know, they have superhuman strength because they're not bound by you know the by any, the human anatomy. Um, now we don't see in the end. Uh, they leave it kind of open for interpretation as to who wins, and that really sets up uh, the ending. And we really don't know if it's Walter or if it's David. Uh, we, like at the end, we don't know if it's Walter or if it's David pretending to be Walter, which eventually we find out that it is. Um, it, it is David pretending to be Walter. Um, but he plays both characters very well. Uh, you really you root for him and against him at the same time, and it's it's pretty impressive. You know, I like I like Michael Fassbender just because he. Like, it doesn't really matter what character he's playing. He always just kind of goes for it. And I've never really seen him phone anything in, even when he's in those god, that, that god-awful apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse movie. I mean, that movie is just unwatchable. And he, I mean, like, everybody else has kind of just had it with these movies. Um, you can tell Jennifer Lawrence is just not in it anymore. And he just goes for it, you know? I mean, he, I, I think he's, like, the Magneto character, he's brought a, a, a sincerity to it. You know, like he brings to everything, like he brought to this. You know, he he, he brought sincerity to a to a being that had no feelings, which I you know I didn't even know it was possible. But he's a great actor, and I really love watching him watching him do his thing. Um, now, I suppose this movie is supposed to feed into the first Alien movie from way back, but I guess it could also set up another movie that happened in between. It's hard to say whether or not they would even bother with a new movie, uh, seeing as how this one, you know, didn't receive great reviews, and it, I don't think it did so well at the box office. Now that being said, you know they've continued making movie Alien movies after that terrible Alien vs Predator disaster. So I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, I mean it's a it's a franchise at this point, and I mean I don't I don't know if they're making action figures anymore. I mean, they certainly used to. I remember having an alien action figure, but I mean, if there's money to be made, people will see these movies. I mean, even if, you know, even if they're not seeing it 
to the extent that they're seeing other giant blockbusters. But, I mean, people will see it. And so, you know, overall, I think it was a pretty disappointing movie. I'm not going to lie. You know, I've been a fan of that franchise for a while. I remember seeing the first one. Uh, I remember seeing the second one. I mean, the first and, the first and second movies are always great. I mean, you got the, the the late, great Bill Paxton in the second one doing his thing. You know, he's he, he does that kind of neurotic Bill Paxton thing he does. And it was one of his, I'd say, but benchmark roles. You know, it's one that he's always remembered for. Um, and really everything after that, but outside of Prometheus, is kind of throwaways. You know, Alien, the third Alien, where they're on that prison colony. I don't know. I mean, it... it that's a throwaway movie. Alien Covenant does nothing to bring anybody back in. If anything, it pushes people away. Um, you know, that being said, if I'd be lying to you if I said I wouldn't go see a new Alien movie if they came out with one. I mean, assuming that it wasn't like another Alien vs. Predator deal. Um, you know. So, ultimately, this is in line with, like, with the last movie that I was talking about with... Um, with the King Arthur, with the King Arthur movie. I mean, this is this is one of those movies that, you know, you can rent on Redbox when they don't have the movie that you originally wanted to rent. Now, what I would love to see is, I mean, maybe somehow. I mean, let's. Uh, this is just, you know, me kind of going on a tangent here. Like, if they were to bring, if they were to make another one, another movie in between now and well, I guess it wouldn't even make any sense if it is happening between now and the first Aliens to bring in Sigourney Weaver. But I thought, you know, I mean, when you think the Aliens franchise, you think Sigourney Weaver. I mean, she's fantastic in it. She's, you know, she's just, I mean, she's just a good actress, you know, on her, on an, on her own. But, like, you know, the terror that you see in her face in the first, um, in the first two Alien movies is just so genuine. Um, and I also love in the... Was it the great movie ride in Hollywood Studios, Disney's Hollywood Studios? There's an alien scene or an alien part of that ride, and you see her looking around the corner with that with that you know giant space gun, and then the alien comes down out of the ceiling. It's a fantastic ride, um, but that just shows. I mean, it's part of the great movie ride because it's a great movie franchise. You know, it's part of you know kind of great. I can't even say great old Hollywood because it's really just not that old, but it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those indelible movies. Um, and I kind of hate to see it take this turn into this, I don't know, sloppily done movie. You know, it just, I can't even say it was rushed because it, it didn't feel rushed. It just didn't feel worth it. To me, I guess. I don't know. I mean, and and there's really, it it had all the good, it had all the right um, parts. You know, Billy Crudup, Crudup, is that his name? I don't know. The guy who played the, the, who played Dr. Manhattan in, um, in The Watchmen. I mean, he's, he's good. I mean, all the actors in it outside of, outside of Danny McBride are, are solid actors, you know, and. I mean, it had good footing from Prometheus, and I don't know, ultimately it was just disappointing. But, you know, so, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, if any of the three people listening are interested in hearing about the new Baywatch movie, or if Pirates of the Caribbean, if you're interested in hearing about that, you are sadly out of luck, because 
I mean, quite honestly, those movies look like horseshit, and I'm not going to waste your time, and I'm not going to waste my time uh, reviewing those. But I will tell you that uh, probably my next, the next uh, episode of this podcast will be uh, my review of Wonder Woman and uh, the train wreck that is the DC Extended Universe. So you'll get to enjoy sitting through a half hour of me ranting about all the cheesy accents they put on and how blue uh, Chris Pine's eyes are. Uh, it's really hard to... It's really hard to not get lost in those, so it might actually be worth seeing that movie. But, uh, so that that's what I'll be reviewing next time. It'll be uh, the new Wonder Woman movie. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, if anybody's listening. And, uh, you know, have yourself a good week. I don't know, dude.